message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. You're welcome to our midweek service. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We glorify your holy name. As we go into the word of God, thank you for opening our eyes to see and open our ears to hear. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for bringing light our way and bringing understanding to our path. Thank you, Lord Jesus. At the end of this teaching, we have understanding. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, I praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to confirm media. I hope we are fine and everybody on all platforms are connected. Mixer, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Praise the Lord. All right, if you are watching on any of those platforms, all right, please head over to the comment section and let us know that you are there. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us this evening. Amen. Now, we are on the series of, on our, what do you call it now, healing. And we're going to be doing some teachings on this subject. Okay, healing. Healing. Self and you find that um, if there is anything that questions and makes people ask questions as to whether or not God loves them or not, it usually as regards sickness and disease. It's so important for us to realize that sickness is never God's will. Sickness is never God's will. Sickness is never God's plan. It's never God's plan for anybody to be sick. It's never God's will for anybody to, you know, to die of a debilitating condition, embarrassing condition where, you know, they, they, they just, you know, basically dry up and die. It's not God's plan, all right? And it's very important for us to know this. God's will is healing. God's will is health. Bible says in First John chapter number 3, Sorry, First John chapter number 1 and verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. That lets us know that it is God's will for us to do well. It is God's will for us to do well. God is interested in us doing well. This is why we saw in Acts 10, 38, it says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we see that God was the one who anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost power to heal the sick. God was the one who anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost power to heal the sick, showing us that it was God's intention and God's plan for men to be healed. It was God's intention and God's plan for men to be healed. Very important for us to see that. It was God's intention and God's plan for men to be healed. God is not the inspiration, <coughs> sorry, the inspiration or the instigation of sickness. It's not the one putting sickness on people. Your faith cannot begin 
for healing until you understand that God is not the source of the disease. Your faith cannot begin for healing until you understand that God is not the source of the sickness. Hallelujah. Very, very important. All right? You need to understand that it is God who brings the healing, while the devil is the one who does the oppression. God is the one who brings the healing, and the devil is the one who does the oppression or the oppression. Now, let us go into some details and examine some healing scriptures. We'll break it down, and we will find out how you get healed in the New Testament. Turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 53. Very popular scripture. Isaiah 53. Now, if you look at Isaiah 53 and verse 1, now look at what he says really quickly. Isaiah 53 and 1. He says here, Who had believed our report, and to whom is the harm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs. Now, the word griefs there, all right, is the uh, Hebrew word koli. Koli. All right? And it means sickness. It means disease. All right? It means sickness. It means disease. They surely had borne our griefs and carried away or carried our sorrows. Sorrows here is makob. And makob means afflictions. Afflictions. They surely had borne our griefs, disease, and carried our sorrows. Affliction. It now says, yet we did esteem, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. You see that? We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Five. He says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, when there's something called in Scripture, all right, contextual reading, contextual reading of Scripture, and in hermeneutics, which is Bible interpretation, contextual interpretation of Scripture, which means that for you to get to understand what is being said in a word, in a text, you need to read the pretext, you need to read the post-text, and you bring it into what? Context. Are you seeing that? Now, if you look at the, what we just read in Isaiah 53, from verse 1 to 5, when he says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He's talking about what price and punishment Jesus, all right, paid. He paid and suffered for a reason. Hallelujah. And he lets us know that what Jesus suffered for was that he suffered for our what? Transgressions. Hallelujah. So if we read in context, when he was talking about he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, the disease in context in Isaiah 53 is talking about is sin. All right? All right? The context. The disease is talking about in context is sin. All right? The sorrows he's talking about there in context is sin. 
So sin was the disease and sin was the sickness and transgression was the spiritual sickness that man had, hallelujah, praise God, that Jesus came to rescue man from. Are you following? Are you following? So when he comes in chapter 5 and verse 5 and he says, but he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. The healing here in 5 is not talking about healing of the body. The context is healing of a spiritual condition, a spiritual disease, which is what? Sin, the sin condition. Are you seeing that? So that's why in the next verse it says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the what? Iniquity of us all. So you can see that the core emphasis in Isaiah 53 is transaction, sin, and what? Iniquity. So the disease is the iniquity, the grief, the sorrow is iniquity. So Jesus took upon himself our sin. That is consistent with 2 Corinthians 5. We will, we will all now, we will find out how he took our sicknesses in a bit. Alright? Alright? Because the, the death of Jesus, the atonement comes with healing. Amen? But we need to find the scriptures to use to explain that. Are you following? Alright? But Isaiah 53, 1 Peter chapter 2, 24 is not for that. First, I'm going to show you 1 Peter 2.24, because you see 1 Peter 2.24, 22 to 24, if you read it in context, is talking also about sin. Praise God. It's talking also about sin. Pay attention. Don't go anywhere. Praise God. Where does this open now? Huh? 2 Corinthians. All right, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Remember, we're talking about him taking our sins. Because Isaiah 53 is talking about substitution. Jesus taking our place. All right. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have gone everyone unto his own way. And God had laid on him the iniquity of what? Of us all. So that means he took our place so we can go free. Consistent with 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he had made him to be what? Sin for us. Who knew what? No sin. That we might be made. See that? The righteousness of God in him. So he took our place of sin. Our sins were laid on him. And we took his place of what? Righteousness. That is substitution. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is substitution. Look at First Peter chapter 2 and 24. First Peter 2 24. Or let's have on 22. Context. He says in 22, says, Who did no sin? Can you see that? Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judged righteously. 24. Who his own self bear our what? Our sins in his own body on the tree. The tree is a cross. That we being what? Dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were. Can you see the context? That's the context. For look at 25. He says, For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. So the context 
is redemption or from what? From sin. So, by whose stripes you were healed there in context, it's not talking about healing for the body. It's talking about what? Redemption from sins in context. Now, the question now is, how then do we have healing? What scripture shows us that there is healing in the atonement? You see, the healing of the body is a fulfillment of prophecy. Because if you look at Matthew chapter 8, Sixteen, he says, when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were what possessed with devils, and he what cast out spirits with his word, and what healed all that were sick. See that seventeen, that it might be what fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our what? sickness. Now the question is this. In context, how did he take our infirmities? How did he bear our sickness? In context, Jesus fulfilled that prophecy by Isaiah by doing what? By casting out devils, Praise God by the Holy Ghost and healing the sick by the what? By the Holy Ghost. Look at Acts 10. Look at Acts 10 and 38. If you are watching this stream, kindly share so that more people can watch and be blessed. Amen. Thank you. Now, 38 is. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now notice. How did Jesus bring healing to the oppressed? He brought healing to the oppressed through the agency of the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing that? To the agency of what? Of the Holy Ghost. So the way they got healed was by the anointing, all right, of God's power by the Spirit on Jesus. So when he says, according to the fulfillment of prophecy, that Jesus took away our sickness and disease, and he connects it to the active exercise of authority, by Jesus casting out devils with his words and ministering the power of God to sick bodies. He tells us that that scripture where he says Jesus takes away sickness is fulfilled in the exercise of authority by the Spirit. We therefore can now see, amen, that healing for the believer is in the atonement through the agency of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Healing is in the atonement for the believer through the agency of the Holy Ghost. The death of Jesus brought us forgiveness and remission of sins. The death, burial, 
the death of Jesus, the shedding of the blood, brought forgiveness of sins. But the resurrection and ascension of Jesus made possible the giving of the Spirit. The giving of the Spirit is the fulfillment of the prophecy concerning healing for the body. For healing for the body, hallelujah, is through the agency of the Spirit. That's why if you turn to Romans chapter number 8, Romans 8 and 11. He says, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also what? Quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Now, many have postulated and exegeted that Romans chapter 8, verse 11, when he says, he's talking about, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. That he's talking about the resurrection. Yes, our bodies will be quickened, all right, at the resurrection. Yes, that's true. At the last trump, the dead in Christ shall rise. Hallelujah. However, notice something. In 11, he says, shall quicken your mortal bodies. He did not say, shall quicken your dead bodies. See? Dead, the word for dead, all right, is the Greek word netos. All right, that's dead. Sorry, necros. Right? That's dead. Necros. Where we get the English necrosis. You know necrosis? That means it's dead, right? All right, necros. However, praise God, amen, we have the word for mortal, netos. P-H-N-E-T-O-S. Netos. And what netos means, it doesn't mean dead. It means liable to die. You see that? Liable to die. So it is description. It is a description of what? Of the kind of body you have. Your body is not immortal. Your body can die. That's what he's telling you. But he's telling you that victory over that mortal aspect, mortal characteristic that your body has is in the Holy Spirit. That just as Jesus experienced victory over death and things that pertain to death by the resurrection power of the Spirit, the, the resurrection power of the Spirit is what keeps your body. Hallelujah. It's what quickens your body. Let us also see something. Look at that word 11. When it says, but the, if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Dwell in you is not future tense. Dwell in you is present and continuous. It is the Greek word oikio. All right? All right? All right? He's talking about... Just a moment. Yeah. It's the Greek word oikio. It means to inhabit. Glory to God. So what? To inhabit. Hallelujah. It is pre it's in a present continuous tense. Alright, that is what he's talking about. So it's not talking about something that starts and stops. It is something that is present and will always be present. 
present God. So that means he's saying, dwell in you. Hallelujah. Dwell in you. He now says, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also what? Quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That quicken there is not something the spirit will do. He's telling you that just as the spirit did this in the body of Jesus, the spirit will do this in your body. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Because the context of Romans 8, all right, if you look at from verse 10 to 13, is talking about conduct in the body. He's saying conduct in the body can be in two ways. It can be after the flesh or after the spirit. Hallelujah. So that's what I look at verse 13. He says, oh, verse 12, he says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. He says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall what? Die. But he now says, But if ye through the what? If ye through the what? The spirit, mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall what? Live. Can you see that? So that means he's telling you, 13 is a continuation of the thought in 11. So the mortification of the deeds of the body is only possible by the actions of the quickening spirit that indwells that body. Are you following? Are you following? Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So the mortification of the deeds of the body, hallelujah, all right, is a direct result of the operation of the Spirit of God, the resurrection power of God that endures that body. So the believer's hope of health is in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost that lives in his body. This is why healing for the believer shouldn't come from outside him. Healing from the believer should come from the living spring of the Spirit that is inside him. Are you following? Why? Because the Holy Ghost lives inside your body. So if you have cancer in your body, amen, the spirit within you is the force that will mortify the deeds of that cancer. The spirit within you is the power that will cut the cancer out. Are you following? Are you following? If you are having challenges with infertility, the hope of changing that diagnosis is the spirit within you. There's cancer a lump in your breast. The hope of changing and cutting that lump out and ensuring that it never rise again is the spirit within you. Hallelujah. Because it is by the indwelling spirit that you are going to mortify the deeds of the body. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said is this clear? Is this clear? Which means that a lot of the experience of believers is largely dependent on how well they are able to know the person of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. Praise God. How well they are able to know the person of the Spirit and what? The power of the Spirit. And the power of the Spirit is only released when the laws of faith are satisfied. The laws of faith are satisfied. You know, 
prime does not make electricity flow. If you get a new house, maybe you just build a house. If you go there and begin to pray for light, for there to be light in your house, you know you're not going to have light, right? Why wouldn't you have light? Is it because God is unfaithful? No. It's because in the electricity equation, tears is not a factor. Are you following? Are you following? In the electricity equation, tears and crying is not a factor. What's in the factor in the electricity equation? Wires, transformer, circuit, socket. If you satisfy the law of electricity, you have light. It is the same thing when it comes to the flow of the power of God. The moment the laws of faith is satisfied, power will flow. Now, there are two ways believers get healed in the New Testament. Two ways. Number one, they can get healed by having someone lay hands on them. James 5. It says, if any man be sick, let him call for the what? The elders of the church. And he says, let them anoint him with oil. It says, and the prayer of faith shall what? Save the sick. And the Lord shall what? The Lord shall what? Lift him up. Raise him up. Amen? Amen? So that's the first one. The guy simply calls for men of faith, elders in the church, they come, pray for this person, and he receives his healing. But notice what James said. He says, it is the prayer of faith. Let's look at it, James 5, so you can see. James. James 5. Don't see what he said. He says, verse 13. He said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. You know, it's amazing. He says, Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Not bad, isn't it? The psalms. 14. He says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 15. And the prayer of faith. Everybody says prayer of faith. Prayer of faith. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Uh, we have online audience. We just have some few participants in the hall today. Hallelujah. Before you think, ah, Pastor, he announced that we're supposed to come. <laughs> online. Says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 15 now says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That, why is it the prayer of faith that shall save? Why? Because it is that faith that unlocks the power. You see that? Because faith is the trigger that causes and allows for the manifestation of God's power. If there is no faith, even though power is present, there will be no manifestation. 
Just as there can be a transformer outside, if you don't run the connection right, you will not have light. So the issue is not a lack of power. The issue is usually is that people are not operating their faith. And faith is simple. Simple. The law of faith is simple. Faith is not hard. Many always try to make faith look very hard. Faith is not hard. Faith is simple. It's a law. Amen? Let's look at the law of faith. Mark 11. And one thing about laws is laws do not respect personalities. The law is a respecter of nobody. Anybody that satisfies the requirement of a law benefits from it. The law of magnetism. Satisfy the law, you benefit. The law of nuclear fission. Satisfy the law, you benefit. So you see, one thing about laws is that the moment you satisfy the condition for a law, you can predict the outcome. Therefore, if faith is a law, faith is predictable. If you want your life to go in a predictable direction, hang it on the wings of faith. If you want your life to go in a predictable direction, hang it on the wings of faith. Not chance, not superstition, but faith. Mark 11. Mark eleven twenty two. Now this is the story of Jesus. Jesus had just seen, Jesus had just spoken to a fig tree, and the fig tree was dried up from the roots. Alright? Now, this is the aftermath, right? 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Other translations say, Have the God kind of faith. Right? Have faith in God. God kind of faith, or have faith of God. 23 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, now pay attention, look at the words of Jesus. Jesus says, For verily I say. That's the equivalent of going to a law court and saying, I promise to say the truth, alright? I say, I promise to say the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. Are you seeing that? It says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So that means the first step in faith is saying. Words. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. That's one. That means faith is vocal. Faith is what? Vocal. You cannot express faith quietly. A quiet expression of faith is not yet persuaded. It is when you are persuaded that you will be vocal. Conviction is loud. <laughs> Where is it? Conviction is loud. God became a man. And was loud about what he was convinced in. 
such that we are still talking about what he was convinced about. Faith is loud. It's not quiet. Faith does not whisper. Faith shouts. That's why where there is faith, there is a shout, not a whisper of victory. Shout. Because faith is loud. Loudness and conviction, vocalization is very consistent. There is no one in scripture that had faith that didn't say something. The woman with the issue of blood, she said, she said, so faith starts with a saying, so also does unbelief. Hallelujah. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, shall say unto this mountain, not any mountain, this mountain, be that cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So notice, number one, he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. That's number one. So there is a vocalization. Number two we see is that he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So the next thing we say about faith is specificity. Faith is not ambiguous. Faith is specific. Because words of faith are like a laser-guided missile. Faith has a target in mind. Are you seeing that? It has a what? A target in mind. It has a target so that when the manifestation comes, there will be no doubt as to whether or not it was faith that brought it. Hallelujah. They shall say, unto this mountain, not any mountain, this one. Amen. He now says, be thou removed. So the instruction to the mountain is clear. Be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea. Two things. Be uprooted and relocated. So in that same way, you can talk to that tumor. You can talk to that sickness. Be uprooted and relocated. You can talk to that devil. Be uprooted and be relocated. Hallelujah. It starts from vocalization. What you see. So, the exercise or the fulfillment, hallelujah, notice this. Remember in Matthew 8, 17, the Bible tells us that Jesus healed the sick and cast out devils with his word. Which means the exercise of faith, hallelujah, over sickness was the fulfillment of the prophecy that he would take away sickness. Are you seeing that? Jesus' exercise of faith over sickness was the fulfillment of the prophecy that he will what? Take away sickness. Which means the workings of faith and the oppressions of faith are key to working in healing and divine health. Hallelujah. The workings of faith and the oppressions of faith are key to working in divine healing and in divine health. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's a difference between healing and health. 
Glory to God. Healing is curative. Amen. Health is preventive. Health means there is no sickness. Healing presupposes that there is a sickness and you want to administer an agent to cause a repair. You see that? Are you seeing that? Now, let's continue. So it says, And be thou cast out in the sea, and shall not doubt in the heart, but shall believe that those things we say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. So we see number one, faith is vocal. Number two, faith is specific, it's not ambiguous. Number three, all right, is that faith must be in the heart. Every man has two mouths. Every man has two tongues. There is a tongue of your body. And there is a tongue of your heart. Man is divided. There are two classifications of the being of man. You have a classification based on what we can see. You have the outer man. Hallelujah. And you have the what? The inner man. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, though our outward man what? Perish. Our inward man is renewed what? Day by day. So that's the classification. So you have the tongue of the outward man and you have the tongue of the inward man. For faith to work, those two tongues must align. Your mouth must say the same thing. Your, the tongue of your outward man must say the same thing as the tongue of your inner man. Because look at Romans chapter 10. Let's look at it for a moment. Romans 10. Notice something. There is a difference between your head and your heart. Faith would walk in your heart. Glory to God. Without in your head. Because doubt in your head does not invalidate faith in your heart. You see, doubt in your head, glory to God, amen, does not have to be vocalized. Oh, hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. Doubt in your head need not be vocalized. Doubt in your head is not a spiritual force. Faith in your heart is a spiritual force. For your head or your mind is not of your spirit. It's in the soul dimension. Your head is the place of reason. Your heart is not the place of reason. Your heart is where the Holy Ghost dwells. Hallelujah. So faith in your heart will work with doubt in your head. So far, your tongue is agreeing with your heart and not your head. Unbelief is the vocalization of the doubt in your head. Unbelief is not a state. It is an action. A present continuous action. Are you, people, are you following? Get the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Look at Romans 10. That's why when you're believing God for something and you're vocalizing your feet and reason comes up in your head, don't vocalize it. It is what you vocalize that matters. Amen? The doubt in your head has no role to play except you vocalize it. Glory to God. Look at speaking in tongues. Or even salvation. There are many of you that say you are the child of God. But there are times where you question it in your mind. When you do wrong stuff and stuff. So it, the doubt is in your mind. Praise the Lord. But you know that you know that you know that you are what? That you are saved. Why? Because the Spirit himself beareth witness with your what? With your spirit. So if this witness of the Spirit can say something different from what is in your head. It means that what is in your head does not matter. It's inconsequential. What is consequential is what is in your heart. Hallelujah. You know, there is something called the uh, gastric bypass. How many of you remember the gastric bypass? You need to learn the heart-mind bypass. How to connect your heart to your tongue by passing the unbelief in your mind. So that you can walk in manifestations by faith, even though your mind is still catching on. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying. So you are speaking in tongues, even though your mind is saying, What are you saying? You are talking rubbish. But you are still speaking in tongues. You don't stop. Because if you wait for your mind to be on your side, you may wait for a while. Because some people, they speak in tongues, they stop, and are waiting for an in-depth teaching. For their mind to fully grasp it, it's fine. But you will be losing out. Are you following? You may be dead before your mind catches up. Glory to God. So you need to learn how to receive healing before you can do a three-hour teaching on healing. Because it's after your mind catches up that you can be doing that kind of teaching. Amen. You should learn how to receive the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues and enjoy before you can before you can teach it properly and do seven day teaching. Some people are waiting to be able to do those seven day teaching before they enjoy the gift. Me, I enjoyed the gift before I learned how to teach about it. I'm of the school that you don't have to know how to cook jollof rice to enjoy it. We can know how to cook it later so that we can bless other people with it. Amen. But it is wisdom to enjoy it first. You understand? There are some believers that actually, the challenge is, they can teach it, but they are not eating it. Because they have educated their mind, but have not learned the bypass. Oh, glory to God. How to produce what is in their heart and cause it to manifest through their tongue. Look at Romans 10. 
The house you will build is in your tongue and is in your heart. The marriage is in your tongue and is in your heart. The ministry is in your tongue and is in your heart. Yeah. There. You will eat the fruit of your prophecies. Are you following? Because your words are laser-guided missiles. They don't miss. That is a good statement or a bad statement. It depends on where you are living in. They don't miss. Amen? They don't miss. For example, we said, we're going to, at the beginning of the year, we're going to plant three centers, right? So, um, um, yeah, two, um, we're going to plant in Senna and Ejigo. I'm going to plant in Senna and Lekki, right? We planted one. Glory to God. As I'm like this, I am not rest. I'm not resting because of the Lekki Center. I'm going to plant that. Why? Words have gone ahead concerning it. And because words have gone ahead concerning it. Amen. Those words have gone are like, you know, they are like skeleton framework. Amen. As we take the steps concerning it, the flesh will come on the skeleton. We said, oh, we, we, we model this place. We prayed about it. We said, you know, we said, the money comes in the name of Jesus. Words have gone. You see, angels don't hear your words and say, oh, she made a mistake because she's joking. No. They cooperated it. They will cooperate with you. So don't joke with your words. There is no believer that does not have capital. You can't say, I don't have capital for my business. What do you mean? You don't know what capital is. You're a believer. You have capital, though. The capital is in your heart and in your mouth. There's nothing that, nothing is impossible for you. For you, no. Hallelujah. It's in your heart and in your mouth. If you can believe for it and say it, it's listen. It may take one month. It can be immediate. It can take a year, but it will happen. Praise God. It will happen. That it will not happen now if you lie. It will happen. Why? Because the earth was created by faith and is subject to it. The earth was created by words. And is subject to words. The body of men came from words. So when you speak words, the bodies of men have to respond. There is a frequency of faith that causes all men to listen. Are you feeling what I'm saying? There is a frequency of faith that causes all things, visible and invisible, to respond. When you begin to say in the name of Jesus, we're going to plant the center there and be 5,000 strong. It will be 10,000 strong. As you said it, as it has gone into the realm of the spirit, the men will begin to hear that frequency. They will not know when they find you. I just want to come here. Life is spiritual, brethren. The cells of your body, they hear. They vibrate at a frequency. Cells speak to each other. They speak to each other. That means they respond to signals. Amen. That's the case. That means every single thing in the human body, amen, operates by signaling. Information transmission. 
So if they can, if the cells of your body can hear, then they can hear the voice of God. They can hear it and adjust. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Now Romans 10. God says in 8. It says, But what's the idea? The word, the word of salvation, and it's a principle. You understand? Talking about salvation, but the principle is there, it runs through scripture. Like we read in Mark 11, 23, 24. It says, But what's the idea? The word is nigh thee. Even where? In thy what? In thy what? Mouth. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is what? The word of faith which we preach. Nine. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. See that? And shall believe where? In thine heart. Two places faith must be. In the heart and where? Where? Heart and where? Mouth. Guess what? The heart part has been solved for you. Because one of the fruits of the Spirit is faith. Galatians 5, 16, 17, 22, 23. Faith. So faith is already in your heart. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says, We also having the same spirit of what? Of faith. We believe, therefore we what? Hallelujah. Which means, we direct the force of faith in our heart towards. And we use the force of faith, the power of faith already resident in our hearts, amen, releasing it through words, and we take what we need. Healing, take it. Prosperity, take it. Guidance, take it. Protection, take it. What you need, you take. Two words. Because words release the force of faith that's already resident where? In your heart. We check it. Every man, every woman responds to a message that lets them see that there is no impossibility. You know why? Because deep down in any man, every man, he yearns for a realm, all right, and a life of what? No limits. So when you put limits on a man, he begins to feel restless. Because man was not created to be limited. That's why the faith message gives man the opportunity to rise to his potential that God wanted him to actually fulfill. Where he can transcend space and time. And what? Superimpose the supernatural resources that are limitless in God on the natural limited resources in the earth. Hallelujah. 
you want to receive healing by the hand, lay faith. Touch with the life of Jesus. People receive of the anointing for healing on his life. Or the woman with the issue of blood said, If I may touch, I will be healed. Jairus said, If he comes to my house, I will be, my daughter will be healed. While the centurion said, All you have to do is don't come, just speak. My servant will be healed. All three operated at different levels of faith. But the manifestation was according to what? Therefore, your faith determines the share. You get great faith, great results. Little faith, little results. Hallelujah. 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 I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have you been blessed today? Have this blessed you? If you are watching online and you have been blessed today, let us know. Leave a comment on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Let us know. We appreciate feedback. So do you need healing in your body? Wherever you are, say these words with me. Hallelujah. And I'll pray with you. Say in the name of Jesus. My body is the temple of the living God. Therefore, sickness is not allowed. I declare that the power of God comes on my body now, driving out every sickness, driving out all disease. Right now, 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 right now. I declare the asthma goes. I declare the asthma goes. I declare the ulcer goes. I declare the cancer goes. I declare the growth goes. I declare the boy dries up. I declare the swelling dries up. I declare the swelling dries up. I declare the swelling dries up. I declare the heart is healed. I declare the prostate shrinks to the normal size. I declare the prostate shrinks to the normal size. I declare the ovarian cyst disappears. It disappears. It disappears. It disappears. It disappears. It disappears. In the name of Jesus, the testicular torsion is repaired. It's repaired. And any damage. Any damage or loss of testes is cancelled. Is cancelled in the name of Jesus. Pain in the eye heals. Pain in the ear heals. Growth in the nose disappears. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hemorrhoids heals. In the name of Jesus. Prolapse heals. In the name of Jesus, prolapse, rectal prolapse, heal. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
the effects of a stroke are reversed now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whether it's a TIA or it's a major one, it is reversed now in the name of Jesus. It is reversed now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If there be anyone under the sound of my voice, under the oppression of devils, when you sleep, they come and afflict you. When you are awake, they come and afflict you. I command the devils to go. In the name of Jesus, you are free from oppression. In the name of Jesus, you are free. I feel the power of God is just going, 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 going. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's someone watching me. Your number, your phone number ends with 179. 0806. That's the beginning. 179 is the end. A devil just left you. A devil just left you. A devil just left you. Just left you. You're free. Sister, you're free. You're free in the name of Jesus. You're free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is getting and reaching a Zebulon, like a Zebulon. It's like a company named Zebulon, or someone named Zebulon. There's a Zebulon God is blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's Zebulon. 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 There's a Zebulon. Something like that. Zebulon. I don't know what that is. But Zebulon. I see Zebulon in our spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see someone that has been missing for a while. A missing person. Like a missing brother or sister. Alright, you are going to find that fellow very soon. I see it's done. Alright, the person is going to be released and no ransom will be paid because that release is by angelic intervention. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said. have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.